hello to anyone interested in how to fix their troubled finances. Why do I say troubled finances? Because many people have troubled finances in some form or another. Why? Why do they have troubled finances? Because the world has a plan for your money and my money, and that is to take it from us. So, to avoid the world taking our money from us, we show you a better plan. That plan, by the way, is the plan of the awesome, almighty God. Um, oh, excuse me, what? Do you mean that God has a plan for my money? Yes, He does. And it's a much better plan than the world's and yours. But before we get into God's plan, let's just provide a real-life story about how one lady got into her own trouble. This lady's name is Catherine. And Catherine lost her job. You know, sometimes bad things happen to good people. They just do. Catherine lost her job. Like toppling dominoes, everything else soon followed. Her apartment, her car, everything. In an act of desperation, she moved in with her brother. She called our church and was referred to one of our women coaches. The coach listened to her story, prayed for her, and listened some some more. At some point, it came out that Catherine played the piano. The coach said, um, do you play the piano well? Catherine said, yes, I've played for years. Uh, and the coach said, and you mentioned that your brother has a piano in his house. Uh, have you considered looking for piano students that you could teach right there in your brother's house? Uh, Catherine was not impressed. She said, um, you know, don't get me wrong, I like the idea, but I do not think there's any way I could find students. After much encouragement, over the next few weeks, Catherine finally prepared a brochure, and she went door-to-door asking if anyone would like lessons. To her amazement, she found several parents and then several more who wanted their kids to learn piano if they could get lessons in the evening after school. Of course, her house was right down the street from her brother's house was right down the street, and so there was the piano. A few months later, Catherine even found a day job Then, this, along with teaching in the evenings, enabled her to begin getting back on her feet. So Catherine then went from the first job to a better job while still teaching the piano. Then, she bought a car to replace the one that had been repossessed. Next, she even bought a house, built up a savings account, and is now leading small groups herself, and small groups is where we first met her. Catherine thought she could not break out of her situation. She needed godly counsel which she obtained from her coach. Proverbs 12, 15 says, The wise person is he who listens to counsel. But she had to ask for it first. That's what we have to do. We have to ask for the counsel. Then she needed to act on the counsel. You have to ask for it, and then you have to take the recommendation and follow through. She did and was blessed. So the question is, is how did Catherine go astray? What would have been God's plan for her? Number one, she apparently did not have a reserve. Proverbs 21.20 says, The wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. Things may have been so tight for her or whatever, we don't know, but she didn't have any savings. We all need to have savings. Emergencies will always happen from time to time. This is the nature of this world. Secondly, she did not have a plan B for a job. Most jobs these days are not secure. We all need to have a plan B. Number three, when she initially lost her job, did she seek counsel? Apparently not. Counsel would have suggested ways to find a job fast. Maybe not in the ideal job, but at least it would have been a job and it would have helped. The counsel would have also suggested that she go to the lender of her car and discuss her situation. 
it is likely that they would have worked with her in some manner. As we teach throughout the book, Troubled Finances, There is Hope, you run to your creditors, not away from them. Lenders will generally work with someone who comes to them. Number one, it looks bad on the lender's record if, someone, if they have to repossess a car or something. So uh, they try to avoid that. But they can't, they can't only do that when you cooperate with them. So we, you and I, we, if we have a problem, we have to go to the lender, ideally, before we're in arrears, before we're behind at all, we need to go to them. And then they have the opportunity to maximize their, their help for us. So, so that's what she should have done. Now, what, what do you think what you, that you would do if what happened to Catherine happened to you? What do you think? And number two, do you know anyone who has had this happen to them? If so, what did they do? So anyway, so now some people tell me that, you know what, this is all interesting, but how do I know there really is a God? Did we not just evolve? I mean, that's what they taught us in high school. They even showed us how it all happened. So one of the easiest ways to document that there is a supreme being that we could not have evolved is to look at nature, how each creature or reptile in the example I'm about to use, even though it fits perfectly in its little niche, has traits that it should not have had, traits that would not have happened by themselves, traits that document that this did not develop by itself. It had to have a designer. I'm speaking of the crocodile in this case. Talk about an elementary creature. He eats just about everything in sight, right? And vicious, very vicious. And they lay their eggs, right? And then just grow up. They, they grow to have more crocodiles, right? Well, not exactly. In reality, the crocodile is among the most gentle and loving of parents. Is this, is this not a huge contradiction? The mama crocodile lays between 40 and 80 eggs in a large nest. That's a lot of eggs. That's going to be a lot of crocodiles, right? My goodness. For the 90 days they take to hatch, she will keep close watch over them, even for going food so as not to leave the nest unattended. That's a very nurturing, right? That's a maternal instinct. How would she develop a maternal instinct? Even the father stays close to guard the eggs that are a delicacy to many animals. Now, why would he do this? He eats everything, right? Why would he guard his eggs? How would they know? How would he know they're his eggs, right? And why would he do this if he wasn't designed to do this by a designer? Let's carry on. At the end of the three-month watch, the babies begin to chirp from their nest. Before long, there may be dozens of babies chirping from the nest of buried eggs. This brings the mother, and she carefully uncovers the eggs one by one. The young are only nine inches long and weigh just four ounces. Yet the gentle and loving mother picks up each one and with a flip of her head places them in a special pouch in her mouth. Hmm, how does she know to do this? How does she know not to eat them, right? They're in her mouth. When some of the young have trouble breaking out of their shell, Mama even picks up the eggs and delicately works the eggs inside her mouth with her tongue, freeing the imprisoned baby. Once collected now, all the young are taken to a special protected nursery where they will be just as carefully tended for months. Most amazing is that there should the mother not be present and tend to the little hatchlings, the father offers the hatchlings the very same help and care. Is this not incredible? Why would he not eat them? I can't understand that. So the point of all this is, 
there has to be a designer. This would not have happened uh, by chance. Some supreme being created the maternal and paternal instincts in these otherwise vicious reptiles so that they would not eat their young and they would grow up to do their thing. Note this story is courtesy of creationmoments.com. As an aside, do you not think that he, God, did the same thing with us? We who are made in his image, he created each one of us for a purpose. And the key purpose for us is to have an incredible opportunity to love him back for all he did for us and to live our lives for him and be blessed. How, how do we do this? By humbling ourselves to him, asking for forgiveness for our sins, accepting him as our personal Lord and Savior, and then begin to live for him. It's a very interesting story, and if you want to talk about this more, feel free to write me uh, on our website, www.troubledfinances.com, and send me a note. I will respond. Thank you for choosing this podcast to listen to. I pray the true story on finances helped you in some regard. The story came from the book Troubled Finances, There is Hope, available for $13.95 softcover and $3.69 on Kindle at www.troubledfinances.com. I'm David G. Toussaint. Thank you. Have a great day in the Lord.